0: Welcome to A Nightmare on Fierce Street.
1: A monstrous podcast about all things horror.
0: If you like what you hear today, then you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and you can also rate and review us on Apple iTunes.
1: Today, we're talking about the 90s classic, The Craft. All right. General thoughts on The Craft. Um, I loved the show or this movie as a child. Is every I you know I always wanted to be a witch and uh, my friends and I would play witches out in the recess and all that stuff. So, um, but yeah, just like as as with everything else in the life of the world, um, you grow up and you realize there was some issues in this. Um, I still enjoy it though. I think it's still a fun watch. I don't you know uh, controversial take. I guess my first hot take of this um i've preferred watching this to both the shining and dr sleep so agreed uh, (laughs) so yes i there's some other just a little factoids that i didn't know about i didn't know that uh, rachel true who plays rochelle in the movie was on an episode of dawson's creek
0: the 90s actors were shared everywhere
1: they were wild uh also one of the actresses uh our, our dear lord and savior nev campbell this was the year of Ned Campbell. The correct the, this movie and Scream both came out. This is two years after Party of Five aired or started airing.
0: Can we talk about how this and Scream seemed like they were at least four years apart? Like, <laughs> and so the fact that they were both the same year
1: months apart. This one came out in March and Scream came out in December.
0: It, that just blows my mind because, like, I look at both and I'm just like, huh. <laughs> Um my general thoughts are I too wanted to be a witch because I picked up early on in life as a child that witchcraft is called for feminism and I was a feminist and still am, but a better feminist I've gotten older. I however I'm also sad because a younger version of me lashed onto this with all the problematic things we're gonna talk about, needing to feel like I could see a a fully realized woman somewhere practicing her craft. Owning her shit, and it's very problematic as an adult. And this is one of the few times as a child I actually enjoyed something. So it just hurts again to see men ruining things for women and young girls. But yeah. we'll get into that.
1: Yeah, well, let's talk about that briefly, just because, of, of course, you're talking about the director writer, mm-hmm. uh, Andrew Fleming. And the weird thing, I tried to look up more stuff that he had done just to kind of get some context. And he's mostly worked on on a comedies. So like he he directed and uh he directed Hamlet to and some episodes for arrested development. So like stuff like that. Like not any other darker horrory stuff.
0: Yeah, and it definitely shows, especially now that I'm not as starved and needing to see Witchcraft somewhere. Um it definitely shows because I'm like these are definitely men writing about women at an age where they especially have no idea what is going on and the trials and tribulations of being a teenager in america in the 90s or what have you and i just this is why you need to consult people who have lived the experiences and you need to make space for them in these rooms because i'm very bitter about the craft right now which is sad because i grew up loving it and i hadn't revisited in a while and now i see all the problems that i ignored as a kid because i needed to see the witchcraft and i needed to do it to be mainstream yeah yeah
1: All right, well, let's get down to it. So the opening, I loved. It was like catnip to me as a child. It was everything I wanted to be.
0: So 90s, much 90s, all the 90s. I I was obsessed. I felt like I had snorted 90s nostalgia from Watchmen, just the 90s section of grandpa's life, nothing else. Right. And I was living in it, like one slow tear coming down my face, and just in it, and I couldn't stop. It was amazing. <laughs>
1: um, okay, so in this intro, we transition to the sky, and we meet our protagonist, Sarah, and she is moving, and we see her go. We see her get off the plane and get in the car, and she's driving or the- getting dro- driven to Drove?n that's not a word. Uh, she is being driven. <laughs> uh, good thing I'm editing this. Uh, so, so I can't get mad at myself. Um, she is being driven to her new home. And I don't know about you, but if I'm driving to my new house and I drive under a bridge and there is a snake looking like the size of an anaconda,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'm turning around and going somewhere else.
0: I will not do California. That's what I would do. I turn that car around. Had I seen one of them on my weekend in California, the one time I went, I would not have finished my trip. I'd have been like, I'm leaving. Thank right. you for the invite. You've got right. Anacondas.
1: So, but also storytelling wise, decent foreshadowing for future things that we're going to get into. Um, I think the house is gorgeous.
0: I One of the things the 90s have ruined for me is that I imagine all California houses are gigantic natural pieces of art that people live in. And they're not that way. They have the same apartments and houses the rest of the world does. <laughs> but like all the witches on all the 90s things with these magnificent houses full of space. And I just, you can't have that in California without 19 roommates.
1: Right. Well, and I mean, it's still a little bit of a fixer-upper. Uh, they got leaks in the ceilings and vines all over the house, but it's still gorgeous.
0: It is. I see why they did it.
1: So they're unpacking and um we have an unexpected and unwanted guest that it just walks up in their house like he owns the place mm-hmm. with a snake.
0: Found it outside. You want it? And nobody wants anybody's snake. First off. Right. <laughs>
1: <Sorry>. Right. <laughs> and I can't she obviously starts freaking out because, I don't know, a random stranger walked in her house with a snake being like, do you want this? And he's like, what's wrong with you? let just relax. What the fuck is wrong with you? And I was like, the fuck? Get the fuck out of my house.
0: Right? I was just like, good, sir. Do you, boundaries also, huh? <laughs> boundaries.
1: So he, that, the dad comes in, runs him off, and then we get Sarah in the school.
0: This school is wild. We got Nave Campbell before Scream, um, like right before. We got Skeet Ulrich also before Scream because, like, they can only be in movies together in 96. It was a package of deal. You get one, you get the other.
1: Um. Uh, yes. So, yeah, and then we see um, our, three, our three other main characters, Nancy, Bonnie, and Rochelle, and then um, Skeet Ulrich is playing an asshole. An asshole,
0: Tom. Yeah. isn't it Tom? Tom? No, it's Chris. Hi, scratch That's, that. Yeah. I know Toms. This is a Chris. Skeet <laughs> Ulrich is playing Chris the asshole because also part of 96 Skeet Ulrich only playing assholes.
1: Oh. <laughs> really, truly. Um, so we meet them and then suddenly we're in class, in French class, mm-hmm. and uh, Bonnie and Sarah have this same class together and Bonnie witnesses Sarah doing a small little magic trick. Now, my question. <laughs> in public? That, number one, who does it in public? And then number two, have they never seen anyone do a magic trick?
0: I feel like these three weak witches were trying to be witches and failing, which is why this setup works for me. Because at the top of the movie, you see them like chanting and like doing the things at the table. And it's just like, uh, cut to this guy, cut to this new girl. And, like, the way they go about it, because we'll talk about it a, a little bit later on, but the way they go about needing her and the resentment of her and then pleading with her again, I feel like they are not magical people. They are wanting to be.
1: Beating off Sarah's magic.
0: Yeah. So she's like, she can levitate pencils. <gasps> it's a belated gasp, though. Like, she's twirling this pencil for three minutes, and then she's like, <gasps>
1: and i will see what it is it's the quintessential nev campbell gasp she does it for everything and i love it because it's so her and she and it's because she goes
0: (gasps) (laughs) i wanted it to come faster because like we see her see the pencil we see the pencil do some stuff we see her see it again we see her see it again then it's a gasp but i'm just like well now it's not a surprise. You've been watching her. I've been watching you watch her. Who's surprised now? <gasps>
1: <laughs> if you wa- I mean, I'm telling you, watch more Deb Campbell, especially in Scream. That, she does that all the time. <gasps> <laughs> all the time when she's not screaming.
0: May she bring it back for Scream 5.
1: Please, our good Lord and Savior, okay. share, make this happen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, all right, so we meet them. And Nancy is rude to her right off the bat.
0: Nancy gets jealous, little something, something.
1: (laughs) Can we talk about, so Bonnie, who is played by Nev Campbell, Bonnie goes up to Rochelle and Nancy and tells them that she has found their fourth. And Nancy has, for some reason, has a noose in her locker that that I guess the school is just like, okay, sure, (laughs) keep that noose in your locker, that's fine. California
0: schools in the nineties you never know <laughs>
1: I'm here, and so then Nancy starts to be an asshole to Sarah for no reason
0: like I feel Nancy because she's coming from this like abusive environment, um we don't delve into that enough, I think in part because it was written by men, so she just comes across as this jealous hussy who's immediately like, we don't need her, she's nobody, and she's instead of her talking about her own trauma she might have with chris <laughs> she just the way she handles things i feel like there's more to the story and have we given this to a woman which i believe it's going to be rebooted or they've talked about a reboot and i hope that there's more women in the room because we could have a full story and it could be a beautiful thing maybe
1: i've heard the reboot is in the works and i have heard that they're talking to women produ- production team like writers and directors so i hope so fingers crossed
0: okay. yeah um Justice for the craft.
1: Yes. Um, Yeah, so then Chris walks by. He kind of gives Sarah some attention. And that's also when you see Nancy, like, really turn against her, which we learn more later on. We skip to the lunch scene, and Sarah is sitting by herself, and Chris comes up and sits next to her. So Chris is supposed to be, like, the, the... Popular boy at school. He's the pretty one. All the girls want to be with him. All the guys want to be him or be with him. Who knows? Um,
0: 90s. And, <laughs> uh,
1: and he tells, she tells Chris that there's some girls that are being mean, to, rude to her. Um, oh, wait, scratch that. Rewind. Uh, she, Nancy, or Nancy, Sarah goes up to the three of them and try to be their lab partner in the science class and nancy like pretty much shoves her off and tells her to leave him alone and so then we go to the lunch Mm -hmm. and she's telling chris that they're being mean to her because of that previous interaction and chris tells her that he literally says that they're the witches that's their nickname which i think is more about being the outsider more so than like i don't believe chris actually thinks that they're doing magic you know what i mean
0: He's just spreading the rumors and adding to what he can do to make Nancy look like she was the problem and whatever happened with them. Because I believe he calls her a slut, doesn't he? Or insinuates she's getting around—I forget how he phrases it. Right. Which was my first red flag, because I'm just like, what have you done to her if you feel the need to tell somebody she's promiscuous?
1: Right. So, and he tells her to stay away from him. Well, that does not happen, clearly. Right? Oh, and he invites her to watch him practice after school because that's what all all girls want to do, right? Mm -hmm. Go watch boys practice football.
0: Sitting out there in the sweaty sun with the bugs, watching them like fall over each other and run at each other and pat at each other's butts and throw Gatorade around. Right. (laughs) Take me back.
1: And so then, but then she's approached by the three witches. Mm-hmm. And Rochelle apologizes for Nancy, even though Nancy is standing right there. I find that moment so awkward.
0: I hate when that happens. Like, if you're riding around with somebody you end up apologizing for while they stand and look like an asshole, get a <laughs> different squad.
1: And so they decide to go shopping. And this is when we first go enter the, uh, what I like to call the Buffy um, witchcraft store. <laughs>
0: After They've also played the original charm theme song, which Netflix doesn't give charmed.
1: yeah, so they give us a beautiful remembrance of the show charmed. And we meet the other witch store owner, who's very sweet.
0: The three of them steal from her, whereas Sarah buys things, and she thanks her for actually purchasing them like her friends.
1: So she knows that's really interesting that she that the store owner knows that they're stealing from her and yet isn't really like actively trying to stop them so so then we move away from there and we go to
0: they're walking down the street Yeah. and we find out that sarah has tried to commit suicide and we see her scars And they talk about if she did that the right way or not and yeah. they bump into the snake man again i i feel like these three girls are in this like weird part of california that's boring so anything is exciting and unfortunately, Nancy's trauma, I mean, wow. Sarah's trauma is exciting to them because nothing happens here. Um, her, she loves any pencils, she's trying to kill herself, so she's sophisticated in their eyes, which is problematic and I feel like would have not been written so badly and handled so badly if it had not been written by men.
1: True. So then <laughs> we meet our snake man and he starts to chase them down, to, or starts to chase Sarah down telling him or telling her that he had a vision of her being killed.
0: Yeah. And she freaks out and runs. I don't know why her friends are so far away from her because they were all together until this broke out. And now she's running towards them. And I'm just like, where did they, did they fly? Did they fly?
1: Until <laughs> so yes, she runs across the street and he follows her and gets hit by a bus, which is real rough. That scene, that, that shot, uh, you see him, Going under the car and like,
0: I these weird practicals always give me an inappropriate laugh, and that's why I'm happy I got to watch this alone. Cause like, uh, meet Joe Black, my brother, my nephew, and I would just rewind it as kids and just laugh because of the way the dummies thrown at the bus and bounce us. <laughs> so these kind of things, it's very inappropriate. I I hope it's a displaced emotion and not a sociopath on some level. But like, I was like, look at this dummy under the bus. Who did that? Who made that?
1: But here's my question. Because it shows the three girls and Sarah both looking at him when he gets hit. So did someone magically make that happen? And if so, who?
0: That's what we talk about in the next scene. Because they were like, did we make that happen? Did we make that happen? And you get the impression that like this click is how this magic happens, as opposed to one of them might have power. They kill the man. They discuss how they might have killed the man if there was them. And then they separate because like, after you possibly kill a homeless man, you need to go like think about it. Um, we assume three of the girls go home, but Sarah catches up with Chris on a rooftop because rooftop parties for high schoolers in the 90s were the thing.
1: I clearly have not hung out on enough rooftops.
0: Same, same. I guess if you're not actively drinking, you can go up there. I was always drinking, so I stayed in the buildings slash homes. Is that what my downfall was? The alcohol?
1: Oh, there was that one time, again, shout out the Berg, when I, was in, when I was in Lawrenceburg, and we there was a an apartment that they had a window that you could go out onto the roof. That was one time, though. One time. How many times in these these 90s shows and movies does this happen?
0: Every damn time.
1: So um, Sarah's hanging out with a good friend, Chris, on the roof.
0: Because she still has a crush on him, and she's new, and he's showing interest in her after shading all of her new friends, and she's a high schooler, so that's fine. But he invites her back to his place, and she says, I don't want to go. And that's where the conversation should end, but because it's the 90s, and Chris is an asshole, it does not end there. Nope. So they have a whole conversation, and then he gets upset with her. She's like, are you mad? And I just, what are we what are we teaching the babies?
1: So the next day, this is, so that's the end of that day. And then we go to the next day, and they're back in school, and Rochelle is diving. I have a question. I'm not a diver. I know you're not either, but you might know. Okay. Don't divers have to wear swimming caps?
0: I've seen a lot of them wear them, but some of them don't. I think it depends on the level of activity and the diver. Rochelle, for sure, would have had a swim cap on because I also, (laughs) I'm a Black woman with hair. We are not getting this wet in public and going about our day. We, she would have a swim cap. Maybe she's not wearing one because she doesn't want to make fun of her, but they would also make fun of her for what's about to happen when that hair hits that water. Just going to put it out there.
1: Well, and um also because she has long hair yeah
0: and it's super curly and kinky and so like you don't just throw that in water and go about your day
1: well that and the aerodynamics of the dive i'm assuming she's like actually like that's what she her sport or whatever maybe it's pe class and she has to do it i don't know Mm -hmm. um but you would want the aerodynamics you wouldn't want your hair to like be flying in the wind while you're trying to do this perfect dive
0: Right, at least a ponytail holder or something. You don't just do the things that way. Really? That, that I will give because I can see some of them not wearing swim caps, even though I'm wondering why Michelle. I mean Rochelle's not, but she would have it up some way, somehow or back, because also, you don't want it in front of your goggles if you're wearing goggles and not in this movie.
1: <laughs> so, as we spent five minutes discussing Rochelle's hair, mm-hmm. <laughs> the important things. Right. <laughs> Rochelle goes to dive into the pool and this pretty little blonde girl tells her shark at the last minute and uh, makes her mess up.
0: This girl's one mission in this movie is to be racist.
1: The only character trait that she has is to be racist. A bully and racist.
0: Laura the bully
1: racist. (laughs) Uh, So Cut to the locker rooms. Cut to the locker room.
0: She uses the word nappy and negroids because (laughs) not only is she racist, but she's racist time traveling <laughs> to be here. <laughs> in the nineties, to pull out a word that I don't even think was being used after the thirties, maybe the forties.
1: It's just very over the top. It seems too much. I mean, I get I get it. And I get that yeah. they're trying to like show the extremes of what women of color, people of color in general, specifically black women in this instance. Um, deal with on a daily basis but like it just it makes it seem not as real because like that's that's not something she would have said to her face I don't think I don't know maybe I'm wrong
0: she said it loud so she'd hear on the other side of the wall
1: that's true but she says the the n-word to her face because she Rochelle comes around and says what did I do to yeah this and Laura literally just looks at her and says it's because I don't like blank."
0: Yes. I feel like it comes because it's so overdone and overly dramatic. It's like an after-school special from the 90s Mm -hmm. where it's like, hit this pot, and it's like, I don't want to, hit this pot. Okay, this is your brain on drugs. It's that (laughs) kind of escalation that makes it unrealistic and funny as opposed to doing what it wants, which again, if you had had Black people on the creative team helping write, perhaps we could have done this differently.
1: Right, and because both, I will also want to add, both men are white men. I'm assuming straight white men, even though I don't know. There's not yes, a lot of feels like
0: it.
1: Yeah, there's not a lot of information on either of them that Karen I would have never. <laughs> no, um, if those out there in the world, the listeners know, let us know because I'm interested. If the, I mean, I'm not saying it can't be gay. I'm just saying or queer of any kind. I'm just saying. It doesn't read that way, and I can't find any information either way. But he is a white man. Mm -hmm. Um, So then we find out after class in the hallways that Chris has gone around and told the school that him and Nancy hooked up and that it was not good. So I want to mention that while Chris is an absolutely shitty-ass person in the first place, the way Nancy tells her, is so rude
0: again nancy's being written by cis hetero straight white men and so there's no nuance they know they wanted her to have an issue with her about chris and instead of going what are some issues they could have if we're gonna pass, if we're not gonna pass the pecto test what are some issues she could have that would make this interesting and realistic they were like just have her go in i feel like in the script that needs to have happened Chris also pressured Nancy to doing something or Nancy felt she needed to do something for attention and it went completely wrong. And so she still had some of that on top of why does he want this new girl?
1: Yeah. It does read that way to me too. I, my thing is, and this is, you're right. It's the writing. It's not uh, the actress's fault at all again, but like, I just feel like she would be more sympathetic but she seems like I told you this was going to happen if you did that you know what I mean like it seems very I told you so
0: she literally tells her back when they're watching him play or practice a sport he carries disease which for me means she's done with that so that's another way in which the writers feel this character because either she's done with it or she still wants him or there's more to this story we're not getting and they can't ever
1: right so then we go to after school and this is kind of the, you're right. This is when we find out that each of them has a struggle that they're, that they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we find out Bonnie's cause we haven't, she hasn't mentioned this beforehand before this, but we find out Bonnie has terrible scars.
0: Which makes sense with all the sweaters and things she's wearing in California cause she's very conservative in her clothing. But we were just like, well, which is 90s, it's weird. Um, But she's covering these scars, which her mother seems to have a bigger issue with than she does. And so that's her thing. Um, And that's why she feels like she's not worthy. And it's why she's fallen into this sisterhood.
1: Yeah. Um, And so we see her going through a seemingly very painful procedure to, to reduce or get rid of the scars. Um, I will I'm say that, make her do. right. Uh, I will say that the, so you see the needle go into the, her, where the scars are on her back, but the skin that you're seeing is a prosthetic. It's not actually Nev's skin, but apparently something about the table she had to lay on or the angle or something, it was extremely painful to her to shoot this scene. And so when she screams at the end of it, and, like, the pain that you're seeing in her face is real. Like, she was really hurting doing the scene. You Uh, shouldn't
0: be hurting your actors.
1: No, at least not unless you absolutely have no other option, and I think there might have been better options in this instance.
0: I I can't imagine a world in which you have to hurt an actor if everybody's on top of their game.
1: I mean, I get accidents happen. That's where I was going at, I guess. But, like, this doesn't seem like an accident.
0: (laughs) But the whole thing about accidents are they shouldn't be happening. And so, like, if everybody's on their game, your actors aren't getting hurt.
1: Fair points. Yeah. Point. We go straight from Rochelle. We go straight from Bonnie getting into or getting this procedure to the bus. And they're going out to wherever. The prairie. Yeah. The little house on the prairie. Uh, let me just say, Rochelle's outfit on this bus, Gorgeous
0: i would wear most of the outfits still today i mean not so much nancy's dog collars because that just feels uncomfortable and questionable
1: it's very 90s
0: it's very 90s i'm sure when i was at that age i was like i want dog collars too i didn't get them and i'm fine with that now but like these flowy skirts and like black knits and like yeah i Yes. Even when they're like, I'm going to wear my uniform. I'm just like, is it a uniform or is it the 90s? I have
1: questions about those uniforms because everyone is not in a uniform. There is no uniformity to these uniforms.
0: Right? No. It's just like, who looks better in uniforms? Who doesn't? Let's do that.
1: Like, do different things. I don't know.
0: Also, the uniforms aren't supposed to be, like, really snug and fun. They're supposed to be, like, crappy uniforms. And, like, they're all like, I got confidence. I'm putting in my uniform now. Bam, bam, body. And I'm just like, whoa, whoa.
1: (laughs) Right. So, okay, we're going out to the wilderness, to the prairie, little house on the prairie. And um, they get off the bus, and the most iconic line from this film is uttered. The bus driver says, watch out for those weirdos out there. And Nancy says, we are the the
0: weirdos. That's what I'm taking away from this dumpster fire that is my childhood, and that I've been misremembering this whole time. (laughs) That, that That is iconic. That scene, that moment.
1: So they're in the prairie and they're doing like a initiation exercise. And then they each... Is this when they drink the blood? Yeah. So they each bleed into this cup and they each ask their deity. Okay, so let's talk about this deity for a second. Yep. I why is it a, a deity a man i would have preferred a feminine deity and when i looked up Manon, who is the deity that they're worshiping or not worshiping but mm-hmm. calling forth the closest thing that comes up is uh i may be mispronouncing this i'm very sorry is mano or mano yeah uh, which is the feminine goddess of the moon
0: i feel like because men don't know how to have women do things without men being involved. Um, <laughs> that's what they were like. It needs to be like a male god. Um, I, it just, it's a boring choice and it's another way in which the Bechdel test was definitely not going to be welcome to this particular film, even though it came after the film. They didn't even try. It's definitely part of the reason the Bechdel test was born, this movie. I, it hurt me to rewatch it and have had different memories so badly.
1: And they each ask Ma, uh, Manon for something. Sarah asked for Chris to like her.
0: Oh. <laughs> Men uh, are the worst. Stop writing, young girls. Stop. All of you just put your pens down. Close your computers. Don't do it anymore.
1: <laughs> Rochelle asks, I don't know how she words it, but she essentially.
0: She wants vengeance.
1: She wants revenge. Yeah. She's, She's like, my-
0: take not racist and <laughs> make her go away. <laughs>
1: Monty asks for her scars to be taken away. And then fucking Nancy asks for all of the power of Manon, And I was like, why are you so greedy, girl?
0: Right? Because she got some issues with her self-worth and her self-esteem because of her abusive stepdad and her mother who seems to be like an alcoholic who's, right? yeah. So I I get her being like, I got to find self-worth through power because that's a journey people go on. It's not the right journey, but we're all on journeys. And it could have been handled in a way that would have had more nuance and more of an arc as opposed to what we get for her in this. There's no justice for Nancy here. I'm gonna say it.
1: Nancy, Nancy, Nancy. Again. Then we go to the next day. and Oh, wait. Now, at the end of that, they have this really pretty moment where the butterflies come in. They're like, oh, It's metal! <laughs> and then there's the next day. And... Chris is coming up after Sarah's talking her around, um, following her, and he says, "He in his apology to her about spreading this rumor about her, he says, when you're a guy, you expect things. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, if there are any more straight, white, cis men, or just straight men, or just men in general, stop. <laughs> just right? stop. Stop, stop. She literally told you she didn't want it and you can't expect things if they're telling you no. No means no, point blank period, get over it.
0: Literally, like much like the father did get out instead of being like, here's a real reason why this is happening. You're like, the reason it's happening isn't because of why you think it is, but it's because of why you think it is and men are trash. Um, <laughs> like if you don't have anything to add, just don't. Just say, can you give an apology? Can we try that?
1: <laughs> yes. Alright, so we've got Chris is in love with her.
0: They go into this service at this it's a Catholic school, but do Catholic schools have services? Is that a thing?
1: No, they do. Yeah.
0: Oh damn, never mind then. Retract that note.
1: <laughs> they absolutely do. Um, that's why like in the movie Doubt, that's a Catholic school or not or the play, whatever however whichever one you want to look at. Yeah. Um that's his Catholic school and he's the priest for the Catholic school that does, he doesn't, I don't think he teaches classes. He just does the sermon and stuff. Mm, damn. Yeah. Um, those of you who have been to Catholic school, let us know your experiences.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, we're here for it. We get out of the service and the girls are hanging out. at Is it Bonnie's house?
1: Yes. Cause it's her mom. It freaks out.
0: Yeah. And they're just hanging out being young witches and Sarah's like, "Have you ever played light as a Feather, Stiff as a Board'?" And they're like, "No, <laughs> we're not." <really."> like,
1: absolutely.
0: <laughs> so she teaches them, and let me tell you how many times I tried to light as a feather, stiff as a board myself as a child.
1: By your, by yourself.
0: <laughs> yeah, because like my little sister and my little brother were no help. They weren't gonna be magical. Like <laughs> so I was laying on the floor chanting, <laughs> trying right, to get myself up into the universe, and I never worked. Ever. You put your
1: fingers under your back.
0: Yeah, I tried all of it. They're under my shoulders, under my ass, under my kneecaps, like in the air. I, I tried all of the positions, but like they end up lifting Rochelle with some weird candle placement, <laughs> and they're all shooketh And of course, the mom is like, I well, Rochelle,
1: Rochelle comes to, you and she's like, "What the fuck? How, am I gonna, how do I get down?" And they're like, "I love this." Because she's the one up in the air. Mm-hmm. They're like, just calm down. Just breathe. And I'm like, you're not the one. <laughs> right?
0: You ain't floating. You ain't you ain't floating. You ain't let us a feather right now. You ain't going to say the matter. You let her have her emotions.
1: Right. So then she falls and thuds and mom comes in.
0: And mom's like, are you girls getting high? Because it's always getting high. You've <laughs> literally seen your daughter collect three witches and they walk around chanting and collecting shit in their wardrobe that's screaming, we're witches. And you're worried that they're getting high?
1: It's the 90s.
0: The 90s were hard.
1: Um,
0: We also have a cool TV nod to Bewitched, which I think is really cool because like, that was a show that brought witchcraft to TV, which was a very dangerous thing to do in that decade of TV Mm -hmm. um, where you had to be a mother and nothing else. (laughs) Samantha's like, no, I'm a witch.
1: Right. And then we go to I couldn't is this the same night?
0: These are two different nights.
1: Okay. So there's no other daytime in between. That's the weird part for me.
0: Yeah. There's like a quick daytime, so like Rochelle can like grab that one bitch's hair and they can do some other stuff.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. But
0: it's not like a set amount of time. And then we're at a different sleepover
1: at somebody I mean, else's
0: house possibly.
1: That's when we yeah. see that Laura's hair is falling out.
0: Yeah. This is when we braid it into Rochelle's hair so she starts falling out yes this is this party it's basically one party a clip of getting here a couple other quick clips back to another party and so we see sarah braiding in um laura's hair into rochelle's and we see um nancy over bonnie's back chanting while while bonnie's over there talking about how she wants the scars taken away and chanting that That and you (laughs) kind of see this trauma bond that they all have
1: i thought that neb campbell's acting in that and the girl that plays nancy can't think of her name right now but their acting in that moment was really good.
0: I almost called her Faruza Balt, but it's something like that, but not that.
1: Yeah, it's yeah, but um, I thought that moment was a really strong performance from both of them, because you could tell their connect. That these, this scene and the scene with the light as a feather, mm-hmm. that scene, the community and friendship, and joy that these girls were feeling together i love it i wish there was more of that in the film and to and then less of what we get later on
0: yes agreed it's some of the stuff that worked better (laughs) yes
1: yes yeah um so then we go to nancy's home and this is when we meet nancy's mom and her mom's man friend um (laughs) <laughs> I would love to just point out that her mom's hair is the perfect 90s trashy mom hair.
0: It really is. Like, if there was a how-to guide, that hair would be page one.
1: Right. Um, and here, here, the the dad friend is being real gross and real stupid and mean, and Nancy essentially kills him.
0: She does. Um, and that's why she's like, I do have some powers.
1: And I don't we don't find the next thing out yet. So we go to uh, Bonnie, right?
0: Yeah, we go to Bonnie who's getting her bandages off because, like, she's always covered up. So we actually don't know if she had bandages on or not.
1: Well, the, she's getting
0: them off because the of last surgery.
1: Right. The weird ones to me were the ones that were on her neck. Because it's been a while since that first procedure. And we've seen her, like, yeah. her neck, like, right around, on like, her cheekbones. And that's where those go. It was just a weird choice. I think it was just a continuity issue.
0: Probably. Um, But she's getting them off, and she's like, is it better? Is it better? And they have those old monitors hooked up that say Sony, and it takes forever to load. And her mom's like, I can't tell you. And they're bracing her for it to, like, have not done anything because it's going to take a few stops to go through it. And magically, the scars scrape off, like, glue that's been stuck to your hands. You just knock it on off right and they're like huh and she's like minnow
1: right. <laughs> and then we go to um this the pool again with rochelle and laura's being a, a, a racist bigot again but this time she pulls her her swim cap off and her hair starts falling out
0: magic
1: yes so then we go to the um
0: actually never arrives um in her actual school uniform with short sleeves because her burns are gone so now she's all like look at my arms look at my legs I'm undo se- a couple buttons
1: right. oh. i'm sexy right. um and then we go out to the to the courtyard and they're all sitting around it's the three of them because the three sarah Nan- uh, sarah bonnie and uh rochelle have gotten what they wanted mm-hmm. but nancy has not so Nancy is upset and she storms off and then Rochelle <laughs> has another good line from this movie, I think. When she storms off, she says the people, uh, either Bonnie or Sarah, asks what's wrong with her. And Rochelle said, uh, she didn't want to be white trash anymore and she's still white trash. And, and then she says, and I just tell her, uh, hold on. You're white, uh, honey. Uh, yeah, you're white honey just deal with it <laughs>
0: <laughs> and this is when we cut to the home where nancy lives and the creepy guy who lives there and oh, okay. he's under her towel, and she's screaming at him and the mother's like keep the peace and then she kind of kills him
1: and yes this is when she kills her step or stepdad i'm just gonna call it sage's stepdad i don't know yeah Party. So, sorry about the timeline lapse, people. We're drinking. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) um, And so, then we find out that her mother and her are getting $175,000 from a a life insurance policy.
0: Which is a lot.
1: It is a lot. And then we, we cut to the three other girls coming up to their new apartment or penthouse or whatever it is.
0: They were so new money, so fast. They show up at this new apartment. The girls jump like visit Nancy and her mom.
1: And mom is in
0: like a full-on head-to-toe lavender outfit,
1: <laughs> with a drink in hand. I mean, totally me. Let's be real.
0: Right? Jukebox with only one artist on it, because what she's always wanted is a jukebox with one artist on it only.
1: It's some old country artist. No one's ever heard of.
0: Right. It was just, it was perfect. I was like, you get it, new money. You get it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) My question is, what's going to happen next month when that rent money comes up?
0: Right? Because she spent all that money getting that one jukebox box with one (laughs) artist on it.
1: So then we're hanging out at Nancy's, and they're doing some glamour spells uh, for Shadow for a future. But Sarah changes her hair to blonde, which is questionable.
0: This is after she changed her eye color to brown and they were not impressed. But right. also the peanut gallery not being impressed when they're not doing anything felt weird.
1: Right. But so she was right. like,
0: okay, I'll go for my hair. And now they're like, oh, ah. And I'm like, but what are y'all doing other than watching?
1: Right. Um, and so now we go on to Chris is now full on stalking her.
0: Outside her house at three in the morning yelling at her window. Like, Stopping her.
1: Yeah, she may have asked for the wrong thing.
0: <laughs> I, I also feel like this is one of those times where you can tell this was written by men because, of course, Chris's behavior is her fault, as opposed to just having him be an asshole, which is how he started it out. They're like, let's escalate the assholeness, but let's make it her fault because of this magic she worked on him.
1: Then we go to the beach, beach, beach. Let's get her away. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's iconic it's all of the gifts that I've ever used in this movie come from the beach and that bus and so like I was like let's go to this beach
1: um, I um, love that each of them come with their own little animal thing that ends up dying well the fish ends up dying I don't know about the other ones so Rochelle brings a fish Bonnie brings a butterfly Sarah brings a bird and Nancy brings a snake
0: and I think that's the that Slytherin <laughs>
1: I think that those are really interesting because I think that they're all very appropriate for their character. Mm -hmm. You have Rochelle with the fish because A, she's a diver. Fish are very resilient. Bonnie brings a butterfly. Caterpillar. Cocoon. Mm -hmm. Butterfly. I think that one's pretty the most obvious. Sarah brings a bird. She just seems like a bird to me. flighty. Yeah. And Nancy brings a snake.
0: If that ain't on the nose, I don't know what is. (laughs) They do their magic, and then they go to sleep on the beach. They're in high school in California, so they do what they want.
1: They black out, is what they do.
0: They do. Mano was like, boom, and they are unconscious. They come to, and they're like, where's Nancy? Where is Nancy? And they find Nancy walking on the water. And that's what I feel we should be leaving now. We're done with Nancy. It's time to go. Mm -hmm. But they ain't done with her. She walks across the water to them, and then they see and hear all these people on the beach They go there, and there's all this dead wildlife that has washed up ashore. I don't know if they were whales or sharks or what. They were just like giant, behemoth things from the water.
1: Right. Uh, And Nancy,
0: who is no longer with us anymore, is like touching one of them, yelling, These are our gifts. These are the gifts he gave me. So everybody can hear her. And I'm just like, We need to tone this down a little bit, first off.
1: And if these are the gifts you're getting, you asked for the wrong thing.
0: I hope you got a gift receipt because what you going to do with all this dead fish?
1: <laughs> I don't know how appetizing shark is. So I don't
0: know. I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> That's a lot of mercury, I feel.
1: Right. Either way, Nancy has gone too far. Then we go in the, in the car, in the convertible.
0: I forgot. While she's yelling about the gifts and how this is for her, she's also letting us know that he's inside her now. So we have this theme again. I don't know why the movies we picked, I'll have one getting inside someone. But here we are again. She is yelling that Mando is inside of her, and these are her gifts.
1: All right. She has gone too far. <laughs> has left reality um so then we go to the car with the convertible nancy is giving me full-on cult leader nastiness Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um when sarah asks bonnie and rochelle what they think and nancy says they don't think i was like wow okay
0: and they're just laughing because i this was clearly written by men. And so at this point, they're like, we don't get to have any opinions. We're just here to fill out the scene. Because it's very, the way they're talking about them and the way they're just laughing, I'm just like, are they, has there been a spell we don't know about? Like, are they, What what is going on?
1: Well, because earlier in the film, at least, well, they both do and to a certain degree, but Rochelle especially has the nerve to apologize for Nancy with Nancy standing right there. You know? Yeah. But that shows some like, gumption and now they're just like bending over backwards for nancy which i don't understand it's a choice truly so we're doing all this and doing all that oh and nancy turns essentially turns on sarah
0: yes laura's losing more hair and she's like what what is wrong what did i do to deserve this and we all know but you deserve it
1: probably a, a racist bigot
0: right but we see Rochelle kind of have a moment of, did we go too far?
1: No, not with that one. Maybe no. the other ones, maybe. But that yeah. one, I'm fine. I
0: stand by this. <laughs> Snatch your wig. What? I stand by this.
1: I mean, she lost her hair. She's still alive.
0: Right, right. And she's not, she's had no more time to be racist. So like.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel a bit sorry for Laura. Not a bit so then we see
0: yeah now we get to chris because chris finally gets his date
1: and so they uh decide to go to lover's lane for some reason because that's a smart thing and park and just talk and then chris tries to make the moves sarah says no he continues trying to make the moves sarah has to get out of the car and start to run and he gets on top of her tries to start to rape, assault her. Well, he's already assaulting her. But he's trying to rape her. But luckily, I'm assuming she kicks him in the balls. It never really says. Yeah. Okay.
0: She kicks him in the balls and gets a moment so she can run.
1: Yes. Um, to Rochelle's and, house.
0: Yes. And my issue with this assault is we, it's written in a way that's very victim blaming because her curse made him do this. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't like that. I, I don't know what they wanted from it, but I know what it, it comes across as, and I'm not here for it, which is another reason why we can't just keep having these like random straight white dudes run out here and write young women and play themselves in these corners and then be like, well.
1: Yeah, it was definitely a very rough scene to watch. It was very, um, yeah. I don't know. Like it, This is one, if I had a friend that I knew was a survivor, I would have to warn them before we watch this movie both with suicide and with rape or assault, because um, it's it's very triggering. I'm, I I can imagine, I'm, I'm not a survivor myself, um, but I could imagine it being so. And it is problematic that it is seen as a clear and direct consequence to her actions. And we never fully really got into him like spreading all those lies before we got to the spell it just seems really like i like if someone was spreading rumors about me having sex with them and we hadn't done it i would not then go make a spell to make him like me that makes no sense no sense It, it made none um so yes but she gets away and she runs to rochelle's house and next thing we know nancy and bonnie are there and
0: nancy ain't having it which is another this is another part of nancy's puzzle which i feel like was not handled well because i in this moment we feel like nancy might want vengeance for her friend however we find out it's not what nancy wants and so i just i don't know where their line was for her actually because either she wants vengeance for sarah or she's jealous and she wants to go figure out why chris doesn't want her
1: when someone has just told you that they were assaulted and you want to take action, I understand that as a friend, you want to defend your friend or take, uh, we kind of talked about this with get out too, mm-hmm. with the whole police situation. But um, if your friend tells you to not do that, don't do it. Mm-hmm. When your friend is telling you about their assault story, the action that should be taken is on their comfort level, not on yours. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, Nancy decides she's going to take it into her own hands and go to this party. And I, bet, I guess Chris just decided, I'm going to try to rape somebody and then go to a party. Like, yeah.
0: Because I-, <laughs> I, I, I don't understand. That's my other thing is, I, I think that he's under this curse or whatever, and so he's only thinking of Sarah always. But for him to do something which we hope is out of character, but also if there's more to this story with nancy that we didn't get at then maybe this is not his first time assaulting a girl because i feel like i feel like whatever happened with nancy is much more sordid than we're getting in this final cut of this script i
1: have a a, yeah i have a thought i have the same thought as you so yeah we go. nancy goes to this party and takes chris upstairs and essentially begins to assault him
0: I I don't get what her aim is because she left Sarah and them seeking vengeance and now we're back to her almost needing him to want her.
1: It's very weird. and It it feels very like you assaulted my friend so now I'm going to sexually assault you and I'm not here for that either.
0: It felt like she was upset because he doesn't want her. He wants her friend but there was almost an assault, so I don't understand why and, she would still want him and want to be wanted in that way. It was written by men, which is why it makes no fucking sense. Right.
1: And she knows that him want him wanting her friend is presumably, I mean, it may not be this, but it's presumably because of a spell.
0: <laughs> I I don't know if she's with us anymore enough to understand that because she changes her appearance to become Sarah so she can get it. And I'm just like, what is our goal here, Nancy? I don't understand this. This makes no sense. This mission makes no sense. Either you went in for vengeance, or you went in because you have feelings for him, or I just, I don't understand. I don't understand.
1: Right. So then Nancy, or not Nancy, but Bonnie and Rochelle and Sarah show up at this party. And as soon as they walk in, Bonnie and Rochelle are cornered by Laura. And she's, like, trying to be friends with them. And I'm sorry. I'm still not here for it. Laura, go. And she's also in a terrible wig. Like, go home, Laura. Just go home. Bye. Um, and Sarah runs upstairs and catches Nancy on top of Chris.
0: With her face?
1: With No, she doesn't see her face, though. Chris is the only one that sees her face.
0: Oh, that's right.
1: Logs walks in, and it's it's completely Nancy. And of course gets upset for some I don't, the the logic and the emotional logic is so lacking in this moment. Everything
0: in the bedroom makes no sense.
1: No, I don't understand. But anyways, lo and behold Nancy ends up pushing Chris out the window and kills him.
0: Which also could have been better had we had any intentions or (laughs) anything. There was just like, we need these things to happen. And we're going to have lines about it till it happens. Because if she if she's here for the vengeance and the kill, then why did she need him to sleep with her? Um, I don't I don't understand. I don't understand. Also, some of the worst acting happened in this bedroom between the three of them, because all of them are doing really well until this scene. I don't know if it's because they were like, "We have no motivations. Fuck it," or
1: I don't what I'm doing right now.
0: Yeah, they were like, "I just I have to say this. Sorry about it." Because I was like, I don't, I don't get any of this. What, what are we doing? And then we throw him out of a hole.
1: <laughs> Just like we did the story, Just, uh, right?
0: Sarah is crying in her room, and her dad's trying to comfort her. And Sarah says that she thinks he was a good guy underneath it all.
1: I was real drunk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she says, I think he was a good guy underneath it all. Which let's stop painting assholes as good guys. That is always my thesis. Apparently, every podcast. Because um, even even though her spell escalated things and shifted the blame from him to her, which I have issues with, he's still trying to pressure into having sex and then lied about it. So he's not a good guy at this point. No. In a typical high schooler behavior, yes, but also most high schoolers are assholes, so it's okay. To be like, he was an asshole, but I feel some blame because the writers wrote it this way, so I have to be blamed.
1: Right. And, I mean, it is kind of normal for victims to feel blame in some way. If it was handled correctly, I could see where that might play a part, but it's just too much. Yeah, he wasn't a good guy. Sarah doesn't think he's a good guy. Why would she think he's a good guy?
0: Yeah. Yeah so after that she tries to bind her because she's like nancy Harmon people
1: i bind you nancy i bind you from doing harm against yourself and other people and she goes to sleep and dreams about nancy and bonnie and rochelle coming into her room and torturing her essentially mm-hmm. and then the next day she sees them at school and bonnie said bonnie says how are you sleeping
0: this is after they threaten her though Because they're just like, mm, because Nancy's
1: all, yeah. Right, right.
0: Yeah, Nancy's all like, so you don't want to be a part of it anymore? Then maybe you should leave the school, the state, the country, the world. And then Rochelle's like, how you sleeping, bitch. And I'm just like, these are clearly not your friends.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they drank the Kool-Aid of Nancy. So now she's scared. And she goes to the, the witch store. Mm-hmm. And the witch is trying to get her to take in the spirit of Manon as well. So that she will be just as strong as Nancy. But then they have this glorious 90s explosion effect. <laughs> that I've seen, I think, a hundred times on Charmed and a couple <laughs> times on Buffy. And she runs away. Because I got to get out of here. Because that's smart.
0: Right? Cause like she's in her magical circle with the other witch and the other witch is like, we're safe here. And she's like, oh no, let me leave this circle where I'm safe. And Robin Tunney gives us the most awkward run I've ever seen. I don't know why we kept so much of it. I laughed the whole time. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah. It's and, a- she,
0: and she runs home and calls out for her dad and Jenny, who was apparently her stepmom, who we never had a name for until now. I was like, well, Ginny. I had to, like, sit down with myself and be like, uh, is it a pet? No. Um, shit. She has a stepmom. Is Ginny the stepmom?
1: Right. (laughs) So then the phone rings and it's Nancy. And she tells her that her parents thought that she went back, that she ran away back to where she came from. So they were on a plane and then she tells her to turn on the TV. And there's footage of this plane that has crashed. And it's the plane that she tells her that her pa- that her dad and stepmother are on. And so she now thinks that her parents are dead.
0: Which is a lot. I mean, if you want to take her down, that's one thing. Even though that's definitely a male-written situation where all three of them abruptly turn on her. Like, how do Bonnie and Rochelle not go maybe nancy we let this one go we have power it's fine instead they're just like well nancy wants to kill her and like torture her and her family so i guess we're gonna go do that tonight and then we'll like catch up on our tv shows <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, i mean chris did right try to rape her and go to a party so uh, you know right it's logic all around
0: oh god i just the 90s and i just i want to sit down with these writers i do <laughs>
1: Um. Yeah, and I don't love the whole the girls turning on each other plot device. I mean, I get the whole idea of power corrupts and power and corrupts indefinitely. But, like, there's just better choices that I think they could have made.
0: Especially because it all goes back to a man or male energy. Because part of her issue with Sarah is that Nancy also wants Chris. And Nancy also wants Manon and so like it's not even them turning to each other for anything that they've actually done to each other it's to get a better shot at some man or a male diddy and not diddy but
1: a <laughs> male diddy
0: the male diddy oh
1: <laughs> i didn't know p diddy was in this movie
0: everywhere in the 90s <laughs> no like vodka it, it hit me it hit me fine just now
1: but yes yeah, the male deity thank you um, and so then Sarah, well, like, Nancy, they're just there's this dialogue is weird in this whole section. Yeah. Nancy's like, run upstairs, Sarah. And Sarah runs upstairs because I guess like we just do whatever Nancy tells us to do. Um, yeah. That makes sense. No, wait, no, they tell her before that, right before that, they okay. tell her their plan. So their plan is to get Sarah or get Sarah to kill herself. Mm-hmm. So that when her parents come home, she's killed herself. Yes. So That's then... A- yeah, go ahead.
0: She runs upstairs because it's a horror movie and you always run upstairs so you can't get out.
1: Nancy told her to. That too. And then,
0: like, <laughs> and then like the other three are sitting around just like hanging out and Nancy all of a sudden like, go check on her, Rochelle. And Michelle's like, I don't really want to. And she calls her, hold please. I wrote it down. Mm-hmm. She called Rochelle lazy, a-, a lazy ass and threatened to slit her throat.
1: Yes. And then, but bon- again,
0: Rochelle is the one member of the group that is, in fact, black.
1: And then Bonnie's like, Come on, girl, I got you. And they go up there together. I want to say before we get any further, because they're about to deuce, um, I'm living for Bonnie's leggings in the scene. Yes. <laughs> they were fierce. um So they go upstairs, and Sarah is invoking the spirit on her bedroom floor. Because just do it anywhere, I guess.
0: Lighten the feathers, dip in a board as you do by
1: herself um so and then she shows them uh rochelle and bonnie in the mirror like punishment for what they've done and and bonnie is covered in scars and rochelle is um her hair is falling out Mm. again i don't love that device of like we're gonna make bonnie's insecurities even worse like i just don't love that but anyways, they decide, we out of here. Goodbye, Nancy. You can handle yourself. Mm-hmm. Sarah is up, is up at the front, or up in her room, invoking the spirit. And she gets Bonnie and uh, Rochelle to, to leave. One thing we forgot to mention when she runs up there first is all of the snakes and spiders and grossness.
0: Mm-hmm. That,
1: um, and it ain't okay. None of it's okay. She's invoking the spirits and she gets Nancy, or not Nancy, Rochelle and Bonnie to get out. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so they run out and then Nancy is like, what the hell, so Nancy goes up there. And this is when we start the big fight. <laughs> and it's, it's its its a pretty good one, I'll say. At one point, Nancy like throws sarah against a wall and push the dresser on top of her but or but uh sarah can now like phase into walls and be invisible and i don't know Uh, you know choices were made
0: when nancy gets up there it's a whole new sarah um she's like my nose also inside of me and now we gotta fight
1: (laughs) and then uh we also have the moment where nancy's um hand turns into snakes
0: Big fingers, which is the wrong fingers.
1: Yes, it was it was yes. I thought that was really cool special effect. Um the rest of the special effects with Nancy and the bugs, I love. Mm -mm. Uh, But um they have this huge fight and eventually it turns into that Sarah kicks Nancy across the room and uh, into a mirror and then glass just falls everywhere.
0: And that's when she's out, she's like, I'm done. I made a mistake.
1: And then we go to the end, the, re- the resolution, as you will.
0: Rochelle and Bonnie have the nerve to come up to Sarah to be like, So, do you still have magic? We apologize for trying to kill you. Um, do you want to get together and chant sometimes?
1: Right. And uh, Sarah's like, Girl, bye. And <laughs> they start to leave, and you hear Rochelle and Bonnie say, I don't even think she has magic. And Sarah's like, oh, yeah? Close that gate with my mind. Mm-hmm.
0: Bring on a storm, knock some branches down on these bitches. Right. So got power.
1: And then she threatens them by saying, you might want to watch her step or you'll end up where Nancy is. And then we, to Nancy. And then we see Nancy strapped to a bed in an insane asylum.
0: Yelling that he's inside of her and he's giving her the power and she's powerful because he's inside of her.
1: Yeah, again, all about a man. Um, Right? I
0: also think it was a choice because they have her strapped down to the bed and instead of injecting her in her arm or something, they go for her hip so they have to like pull her pants down a little bit and stuff and I'm just like, can we not inject her some other way, shape, or form?
1: All right. So there's the craft. Sheree, what's your hot? Well, I guess. Did you go first last time or did I go first last time?
0: I think you went first last time. My hot take is that when men write witchcraft, especially because witchcraft is coded as feminist, it leads us to these wild hiccups and issues that could have been avoided and are unnecessary and harmful.
1: My hot take is let's stop pitting women against each other. Mm -hmm. We do it in real life. We do it in movies. Um, Let's just let friends be friends. And I would have much rather have seen a version of this film that the girls somehow bind together to get revenge on the men and racist people and assholes instead of getting revenge on each other. Mm -hmm. So, okay, everyone in closing next week, our very exciting film is going to be the witch. And Sheree has some special news for that as well.
0: Our episode next week will have a very special guest. Um, Amanda Espinosa will be here to share in the witch with us. So we'll have a guest on this podcast, but we'll still try to keep it under three hours.
1: <laughs> we'll
0: we Time will tell.
1: Yes, we're really excited to expand our podcast family um, and get some more voices and perspectives and thoughts and opinions in on here. So we hope you enjoy and tune in next week. Um, until then, make sure you follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all those things. Um, you can comment, message, all those things on there. Um, you can email us at a nightmare on Fear street at gmail.com. Um, subscribe on, um, uh, iTunes and Spotify and all those other places. And then also rate and review us on iTunes, please. It helps people find us. Because um, we have some really fun new things coming out. Um, lots of new content. So we hope that you will join us for that. Stay fierce, everyone.
0: Okay.